Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Thanks so much. Hi, everyone. I'm Joel Compulsivator. I'm really glad to see you all in that, especially to see some faces of people that I only see sometimes here and some that I haven't seen in years. And it's like really great to see all of your faces. And um, it's always really nerve wracking to be a speaker here um, to any, especially on a tradition week, like what? I don't know. So um, I, I think I want to try to um, form a lot of the share around tradition too, because of the fact that the part of it that is so important to me and, um, you know, has been like a key element of it is that our, we have one ultimate authority, a loving, a loving God as it may express. And I say, as it may express itself in our group conscience, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. And um, I have to say that a lot of my story, like I'm, I'm definitely somebody who belongs here. Um, and just to get some of the stats out of the way is, um, at my highest weight, I was 300 pounds. In like 1982, I lost 170 pounds um, through one of the, uh, the standard weight loss things that probably all of us have done at some time or another. And, um, and I actually became a, a leader for them. And um, one of the things I always like to share because I, I find it uh, a really important piece of information that it was for me. And it, it kind of has always stuck with me as I've been through um, OA is that um, when I was the, lead, the leader of this meeting and I remember like, you know, I thought like I was a smaller size than I think I've ever been in my entire life, um, except as a kid, you know. And um, I remember just thinking, like, I got the world by the tail and, uh, you know, I'm never going back to whatever. And I remember that I was weighing this person and he was holding a blue card, which at that time meant that he had gone through this weight loss program, lost all the weight, maintained it long enough to become what they call a lifetime member. and he was like 500 pounds. And I remember just being like, what is the scoop with this? Like, this is just something I want to remember because it just feels like I will, I'll never do that, you know? And, um, and then I went on to under their noses, like start to gain weight because it really wasn't about the steps or, um, you know, a, a like balanced, um, anything. It was, it was really much more about, um, you know, like tools and tips and, you know, like stuff like that. And so um, obviously I didn't have a way to like stop myself from eating. And I started gaining the weight back and I ended up gaining enough so that um, I really didn't know what to do. I just basically quit because I didn't know, I, I really didn't know what to do in order to stay there. And um, so like, as that happens, then um, I, I just start eating again, you know, because I don't know, 
how to do this. And I gained back like 125 pounds. And for me, that's the thing that reminds me that I am powerless over food. It is one of the reasons why I've never given up my chair since I got here. And I came into OA in September of 2002. So this year, it'll be 20 years. And um, it really has just been such a remarkable gift for me to be able to be in these rooms. And, you know, through this time of COVID and everything, um, I don't know about you guys, but man, this has just been a lifesaver to be able to come and be with people. Um, I'm a daily into action 7am person, the Oakland version of it. And I've been like doing that ever since. And I remember when I first came to OA, I really, all the things, all the promises have come true because I had financial insecurity. I was working two or three jobs. My sponsor at the time said, um, she, she would have me every year kind of like show her like, what's my, uh, my W2 say, you know, how much money did I make this year? Because I was working like three jobs. And, and then when I got the job that I have, that I ended up having as a teacher, I was like, um, you know, like, I don't know, I was working a, in a mentoring organization, I was sub substitute teaching. And um, another job, I forget. But anyway, um, over time, I started like, you know, I really got better work and everything. And I, you know, it was interesting yesterday. I'm part of our team for um, our, our wellness group. And I found myself and it's really like something that I don't, I would say I wouldn't usually do is um to be so honest that I'm telling people this, but I was, I've been thinking, I work in um, the school district in Oakland and I've been thinking about all these schools are going to close and these families. And I, you know, like the, to me, like the part that, that really hits me hard is when I was, I was a single mom on welfare, 300 pounds. I have no prospects. And if my daughter's school had closed, I didn't, I didn't even have a driver's license. I would not have been able to take her to another school. I, and I think about some of the parents, I know there are parents like me, you know, and I was telling them this in this meeting. You know, like, when I walked away, I'm like, I said too much. I talked too much, you know, shut up, you're, you know, but, but really I feel like we connected in a way we had never connected before. And they gave us some resources for people who are homeless or, you know, um, so it, having been in all of these conditions and understanding that my relationship with the higher power has really been a key element of it. And a lot of people and that I sponsor came to me because I have a, a uh, rich higher power. And, you know, when I got, when I came in the doors, like in 2002, I remember sharing at the table, like that I wanted to kick Jesus's ass to the curb. And I, if you're somebody who respects, I, I actually really think he's a-okay now, but at that time, that's how I felt. Like, I was just like, fuck this. This is just, I'm done with all this Christianity and whatever it is. Cause a lot of that was a lot what was my problem uh, in terms of how I was walking through the world. And I think what happened was that I really started to understand that, that, that 
what we call that loving God as it may express itself in our group conscience. The fact is, is that it's about us being together, shoulder to shoulder, making decisions together, and then abiding by them in a way that I don't think in any other part of the of my life um, has been like that. And I actually happen to work with some folks in program that I love more than I can say. And I feel like how we approach our work is really how we approach program. And there's something so amazing to me about that, um, that we get to do that. And that, you know, when we have a team meeting that we, it's almost like we're sitting at the table holding hands, doing a serenity prayer first, and then we have our meeting, you know, then we do our work. And um, to walk through life like that is an amazing thing. So one of the things that's been really important for me is that um, I understand that my higher power is loving. It's not judging me. It's not, it's not holding me to a bunch of rules. And um, I remember somebody once saying to me, like, you look at a rule like it's something climbing up your ass. I just see it as a structure for fulfillment. And I'm like, okay, so maybe I'll just start doing that. You know, like, let's look at whatever, whatever it is I'm doing every day to take care of myself in this program. Um, let me just look at it as a structure for fulfillment in a way for me to take care of myself and love myself in a way that, you know, um, my, maybe my parents couldn't. I know my parents were not ready to have a baby when I got here. I remember once having this vision of like them getting the news and me being over their head watching them at the table and my mom crying her head off. Because she was 19 years old, she had a baby already, and then she's going to have another baby. Like, what? So that feeling of not being wanted and not being welcomed into the world has been really, uh, it's like a core wound, you know? And to walk through the world in a way where people actually show love to me in really very specific ways, and to welcome that love in some fashion. Um, it's really tricky and hard sometimes, but it's really been a gift, you know, to, um, to be able to be in program and to um, work with a sponsor and to tell all my deepest, darkest secrets and for that person to still love me and be one of my best friends now. Um, really, my best friends are in program. They, they all are. And, um, and that makes a difference about how we walk through the world. It, you know, it really does. It makes a difference about how we interact with each other, how we interact with other people. And um, so that, you know, the thing that really strikes me about that loving God um, has to be that one aspect of it. But it that when we have that image of the three-legged stool and that it's partly physical, it's partly spiritual, and it's partly emotional. And I feel like emotional sobriety is probably one of the hardest ones to come by um, because so many of the things that affect me and people I love emotionally are the things that are, um, you know, really tied to the way we came into the world and the way we've been um, children in the world. And, and um, I'm actually really. I'm actually seeing, um, like, 
in this room right now, like it was somebody that I know that I knew when I first came in and that it looks like her daughter is here too. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Um, that, you know, that we have these gifts to be together in ways that I don't think we could any other way. And because of the traditions that are in place and the ways that we walk um, through our experiences, there's just something so incredible to me about the relationships that we form here and then how they play out in the world. And so um, I guess one of the things I wanted to do was to read um, Voices of Recovery from the other day because it was about this tradition and um, I forget which one it was, 17th. So on the 17th of February. Um, it says, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he, whatever, he, him, they, them. I, in my online church, they say that um, our higher power is actually the first binary <laughs> uh, presence. It's, a, it's not a he or a her. Um, that it may express itself in our group conscience tradition too. I had a small amount of religious training when I was young, and I thought I knew what I needed to know about God and prayer. My biggest stumbling blocks in program were that my concept of God didn't apply when it came to compulsive overeating, and my concept of prayer didn't include anything personal. Suddenly, the steps were asking me to turn my will and my life over to something greater than myself, but nothing in my religious or intellectual thought fit. The idea of making this power a book or a tree or my sponsor didn't seem reasonable. Then I heard someone refer to a loving God as expressed in the second tradition. I realized that whatever I wanted my God to be was all right as long as that power was loving. Nothing else mattered. I imagined a benevolent friend and my intellectual and religious arguments disappeared. And then like in the workbook, I always, I write all the questions of the workbook on my pages and it says, is my concept, my conception of my higher power, a loving one. And how do I experience this love? And it's really been something that I have to say that um, I'm, I feel like an embodiment of that love. And um, I've been sharing this lately because I read in this thing about how Bishop Desmond Tutu said to this one person, um, that was writing this article, he said, um, we're, we're the light bulbs. We just have to stay screwed in. And I'm really recognizing that. And I heard somebody say the other day, you're, you're not the faucet, but you're the water that passes through it. And so, you know, being able to be that light and the water and the, you know, to be able to embody, to be that light, but it's got to be screwed in um, to be able to embody that love in a world right now that's so effed up in so many ways, like so, so many ways um, that I feel like even just sitting still right here, shoulder to shoulder, window to window with each one of you, that all of us together, if we are screwed in, is like making one of those, like, it's almost like a, like a flying one of those things that fly through this guy, the light, you know, like we're that together. And each one of us coming here with the intention of healing from compulsive 
food behaviors, which seems kind of like so secondary, but honestly, that if we clear ourselves from some of these things that are in our way and our light is shining, like there is nothing more amazing that we could be doing. We don't have to do another thing besides sit still and shine. And, but I do do other things. And so I have three minutes left to tell you. Um, really, I take this super seriously. And especially during COVID, I think like it's been even more evident to me that I need to do the things that I do that keep me square, you know? And so one of them is like on Sunday mornings, I get up at like 6 a.m. and I just prep my food for the whole week. And every single meal is in my refrigerator ready to go. I don't have any arguments with myself about what am I going to eat um, or whatever. And I'm mostly vegan, not entirely 100%, but a lot. So, I mean, I've, I've gotten to be really creative about um, creating foods that are, I feel like, good for the planet and good for me. And, um, you know, there's just something super safe and comforting about looking in the refrigerator on Sunday, especially, you know, because it's like, it's all right there in the boxes. And then as the week goes by and the, the, the boxes are out and it starts looking emptier, then it's, it's a little stressful, you know, but. But I know that then on Friday, I'm going to go to Berkeley Bowl and get all my organic everything. And it's all going to be ready. So then on Sunday morning, it's all in my fridge, all filled up with bags that are going to now be translated. And then every morning, I really do make time to get up and have spirit time. I have um, Somebody like a long time ago used to send me their step 10 and it was like a, an email with all these questions in it. So I was like, that's really cool. So I made it into like a two pager thing. And I'm gonna, this, this was my yesterday one. I haven't sent it yet, but I like to write in handwriting because, and even on days when I think, oh, I don't, th I'm not going to see anybody today. Why do a step 10? The truth is, is most of what goes on, it's within me that needs changing. It's so it's not about my reaction to anybody else. You know, it's like somebody said something in passing and I made it into a whole thing. Now I've got a resentment, you know, and with that coffee pot, I can go start a new meeting, like whatever. Um, so what I, I feel like these these tools of writing and 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 reading the literature every day and I have the old the workbooks from for today and voices of recovery for four of them so they they started back in 2016 and i used to write i one day I'd do for today and then the next day I'd do voices of recovery so then the next year then i would have like the the second half of the page and i could read the top of the page and see like how how did life work out and now i have two full years i mean two full workbooks of both and i there's no more room to write in them but i go and read what they said and these so many things like i've i've like literally in I mean, 56 seconds i'm just going to say my within this last two years my mom passed away my dad passed away my brother passed away my son-in-law got in this crazy ass um court case that was just unbelievable and he got convicted and he was totally innocent and it was just like so much stuff and i have to tell you i went through all these things soberly and with you know 
with a lot of tears and some anger with my higher power, I have to say. But I also just was like so blown away by the fact that people showed up for me and, um, you know, like that I could do all these things because of program and that I could do them soberly and that it, it makes sense to me. Like when I read those things from all these years, like the days that I'm going to wrap up by saying the days when I was crying about something, but now I know how they worked out. Everything always worked out. And I remember hearing a podcast, it'll be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. And I would just say that to you as my parting words is because like whatever you're going through, if you stay here, it'll be okay. Thanks for letting me share.